This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. If you like this content, be sure to hit the like button below. And if you've not yet done so, I encourage you strongly to hit the subscribe button and tell your family to hit the subscribe button and tell your friends to hit the subscribe button. Okay, we're desperate, desperate for subscribers. Just kidding. It is my pleasure. This will be an interesting show. It is my pleasure to introduce Nadav Ellenson, who is a personal finance consultant and the founder of Money by Design. Nadav has an MBA from the Tel Aviv Reconati School and has over 10 years of financial experience as a CFO, COO of a successful Israeli high-tech company. He's been the head of finance for several NGOs and through his private work with Olim in Israel. He founded Money by Design to help English-speaking Israelis learn how to understand money to design a better life for themselves. Nadav, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Aaron, for having me on. It's, it's a real pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. I appreciate that. So let's just jump right in, okay? First things first, what is Money by Design? So I founded Money by Design uh, about a year ago um, to be able to, as you mentioned, be, uh, bring confidence and knowledge to young Israelis. I work with I like to say the pre-pre-retirement population, um, people that are aged 20 to 50, um, on being able to manage their, their personal finance. And that can be anything from understanding their budget, the money that goes in and out monthly, being able to build out a plan for their future life goals, or being able to understand what to do with their money once they've started accumulating it and how to think about investing. Okay. So I want to thank you very much for officially declaring on the show that I am now old uh, because I'm outside your 25 to 50 uh, age group. So that's... Uh, I'll, I'll that, take you, Aaron. You can come along. <laughs> I'm still young at heart. That's okay. That's what's important. Uh, so what are some tips or, or what are some mistakes, let's say, that you see? Uh, let's start with the mistakes, right? That you see people make over and over and over again um, when, they're, when they're in Israel and they're starting out. Sure. So maybe I'll actually start from the just to give a high level in terms of uh, in terms of the key, the, the secrets. And I, I heard you did a podcast a little while back about the secrets of building wealth. Um, and uh, in the end of the day, then we won't tell anyone. We'll we don't want anybody to know about the secrets. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and so, you know, it, it sounds simple. Stay out of debt and invest early and often. And the mistakes that people make really relate to those two things. And, you know, almost every day, a few times a week, I have calls with potential clients and hear about their personal situation. Um, just yesterday, I spoke to, to somebody who is doing really well financially and has built up a large sum, very large sum of money, but they've kept it in the bank. And in the bank, the money isn't doing very much and is losing value due to inflation. So that's on one side of things in terms of investing and being able to, to build up real capital and to, to think of what to be able to do with it. On the other side, most people feel like they don't understand finance 
lack the confidence. And as a result, they don't look at their statements and they often find themselves in financial difficulty when unexpected things come along. And the unexpected really can be expected, but it's felt like it's unexpected. And that often results in people um, ending up in debt and ending up in, in financial difficulty, which is really unfortunate because it can be avoided through being able to build that confidence and being able to build up knowledge. It's really true because most times I've seen a lot of people make all kinds of fancy plans to, if it's to buy a, a home or whatever, to plan for their retirement. And, you know, if it doesn't work 100%, if the plan doesn't work 100%, they're up the creek. And plans generally don't work uh, 100%, right? Because life happens and life throws us all kinds of, uh, you know, there are different things that are thrown our way in life. And that sort of ends up screwing up the plan. So what you're saying is really, really, really true. So what should people do, right? What do you do to help people sort of navigate that um, and get themselves on solid financial footing? Excellent. So let's maybe dive into, into those two areas, building confidence and building knowledge. Because if someone can succeed at those, then, uh, then they're going to do well. And so on the confidence side of things, um, firstly, it's unfortunate that most people I speak to start the conversation by saying, I feel stupid about finance. I don't understand. I never learned about finance when I was young. We never spoke about financial matters in the family. And so they're coming with this feeling um, that they don't know where to start and that if they do make any significant moves, they're gonna do it wrongly. And so I start by working with them on that confidence piece. And I find that one of the best parts is by telling them that because you live in Israel, you're already doing fantastic in terms of savings. Anyone that has a job in Israel is putting away money into a pension fund. And a lot of people are putting money away into a Karen Ishtonwood fund. And those savings rates are relatively high. I mean, when you have a look at around the world, people recommend to get 10%, 15%, maybe a bit higher savings rates um, towards retirement and towards future life goals. When you're putting money into pension, most people have automatically 20% of their um, salary, including Pitsuim, that's going into a pension fund. And a lot of people have another 10% on top of that. So people should start feeling good about that basis. Um, and that really grows. If you think of someone with a 10,000 shekel salary who's putting automatically 3,000 shekel into these funds, that will grow over 35 years to about 5 million shekel. Um, and that starts to become a reasonable retirement fund. Um, so that's something that people can feel confident about. Um, and not only that it gives a retirement fund, but it also gives an investment fund when you're talking about Karen Ishtonwood, and it also gives some kind of emergency fund when you're talking about Bitsuim, um, because although we wouldn't recommend to pull it out, it is available um, for people who need it. Uh, and, and there are ways to optimize that by having a good fees and by choosing the right investment track and by making sure the money is reaching the account and by not pulling it out. But to be able to start from that base level of confidence that you're on the right track if you are auto automatically depositing into these funds. Um, and that's something that people like to hear and, and it's, it's a good place to start. One other thing in terms of confidence, um, even before we get to complex things, supposedly complex things like budgeting and planning, um, is to just start thinking about setting mic micro goals for yourself. Often it's inertia that stops people from succeeding financially um, and, and procrastination and the inability just to be able to, to start and so to think about a micro goal. So 
get my bank balance to 10,000 shekel. Instead of always being around zero and sometimes going into overdraft and sometimes being a little bit up, be able to build up that balance to be at 10,000 or to be at 20,000 shekel. And then to reward yourself when you're able to get there, to say to yourself, if I can get to 10,000, I'm gonna go on a fancy night out with my husband. Those kind of things can be really valuable in terms of just being able to start that process towards putting money aside, towards saving, um, or for example, someone says to themselves, um, I'll, I'll start tracking my expenses for two months. And if I can do that, then I'll, I'll, then I'll reward myself. So being able to think about micro goals, to be able to understand what's happening with regards to automatic savings. I find that's a good place to start when we're talking about confidence. Um, and you just said to automate, I find that that's the, uh, I mean, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but if the more that people can automate, the easier things are going to be for them when it comes to um getting themselves on solid financial footing i tell leave away the americans but i tell anybody who's not an american to create you know an automated savings plan outside of the pension and savings that you spoke about but to get a little bit more um uh, put more money into say into liquid savings let's say not into retirement savings um to save for other goals uh, you know milestones that happen I always tell them to automate it, set up like what we call here a, a direct debit or a keva into whatever. It could be an Israeli mutual fund with even sort of high fees. It doesn't matter because if that money sits around in your bank account for a long time, you're going to probably spend it, right? That's just the way things work. But if you automate it, just like your water bill is automated by paying it, it's the same thing, sort of out of sight, out of mind. And you just keep putting money in every single uh, every single month. And that's a great way also um, to grow your savings. You're, how did we sort of hook up? It's a funny story. I'd seen one of your blog posts about how to, which apps are good to track expenses and your financial situation, let's say, in Israel. I met with somebody who has a fintech startup and they were showing me, they were taking like on a tour of all kinds of apps that are available, let's say, outside of Israel. That people use to track and there's like a whole world out there right of ways you can track your finances and then people come to israel and it's like well what am i, am I do i really have to take out a pen and paper and start writing down that i spent you know three shekels on a bag of bomba um and you had a really really nice piece about that and that's how we connected so speak a little bit about how people because one of the confidence boosters is to actually know what your financial situation is right if you're in the clouds and you have no idea what's going on it makes life really, really difficult. What do you recommend for people to do to sort of really take hold of their situation, understand where the money's going and where the money's coming into? I love what you said before about automation. And it's very true of savings and investment plans. And it's very true as well of budgeting. One of the real big pain points that I had, exactly as you described, when I came to Israel was that when I first came, there weren't any solutions to be able to automate budgeting. My wife and I, we did it on an app, but we manually entered every single transaction for income and expenses every month. And I learned very quickly um, working with clients originally in Parmonim. I don't know if we want to go into Parmonim. It's a wonderful nonprofit organization that helps families um, in financial difficulty. Um, I learned there very quickly that when it's a manual budgeting process, the large majority, probably over 95% of families won't keep it up over time. And so I knew when I started working privately with families that we had to come up with a solution to be able to allow somebody to connect their bank accounts, connect their credit cards automatically and allow for that budgeting process to happen. Um, and so I went out searching, 
looked at 20 different apps, tested out a whole bunch of them. They probably all have my bank information because I connected so many of them to my accounts um, in order to see which ones, which ones work best. And at the end of the day, there's one which, um, which I recommend to most of my clients. It's called Wallet by Budget Bakers. I don't get any commissions for promoting it or, or any financial gain, but I find it's, it's, it's very valuable to use because it connects to accounts, not just in Israel, but also overseas. So if you have accounts back in the US or credit cards or in Australia or most countries around the world, you can connect them in, which is really good from a budgeting perspective because most people um, who have those accounts, they use them for travel and they use them for buying from Amazon and these different purchases, which kind of don't exist. Um, and are outside of their budget. And the fact that you can include everything and take everything into account is really valuable. It also allows you access on desktop and on your phone. It um, provides the ability to track monthly budgets and annual budgets, mm -hmm. which is really important because one of the other things I found that a lot of people had a lot of difficulty with with budgeting, right? It can be relatively simple to make a list of the, the regular things, rent and our nonna and maybe even supermarket. When you start thinking about some of those irregular expenses that only comes at certain times of the year, like not for the summer, or if you're thinking about large purchases of white, of white goods, fridges, washing machine, that, those kind of things for the house, um, you're thinking about the charity that you give through the year. Things that are often irregular are very hard to get your head around and to understand how that impacts your monthly budget. And so the fact that you can set an annual budget and you can take that into account within your general budgeting is really valuable as well. So being able to set up an app like that, that will automatically trap such that once it's set up, it's almost set and forget. It's probably 10 or 15 minutes work a month and you can go in, you can see what your spending is in, in any category. You can see how much you have left to spend in any category. And that helps with confidence. It also helps with control and decision-making, um, which is really fantastic. And so whenever I'm doing a budgeting process with, with my clients, probably 90% of cases we're using that app um, or something similar. There are some others who like the pen and paper or like the Excel and you know, build a custom process for them. But uh, that, that's, that's a really recommended way to go. Wow, what you're saying is so spot on in terms of the budgeting. I'm involved with another uh, organization. You mentioned Palm Wonim. I'm involved with another organization, which you know well, because you've actually spoken to them called Sila. Sila. Mm -hmm. And what we found, we actually run two budgets for people. We have a monthly budget and then an annual budget. I met so many people over the years who say, you know, I bring home 15,000 shekels a month and I spend 14,000 shekels a month, right? I've got it here all written down and I'm in minus every month. Why is that? And just like you said, right, they're unexpected, they're annual expenses, but they're not accounting for it. So you really need, right, to take that annual uh, uh, budget as well and divide it by 12, right? And then that number put back into your monthly budget, and that will solve or give you a much better picture uh, of what your true expenses are. As we wind down, can you give us some tips that you, you know, that you recommend people do in order to improve their financial lives? I think maybe I'll Take the opportunity to give some tips around kind of the next level okay. just above kind of the standard budgeting sure. um, and the best way to think about all the expenses that you have is that you've got the ones that you spend monthly you've got the ones that you spend through the year so we spoke about both of those and then you've got the ones that are spent outside of a single year in other words the things that you have to save for into the future and that's the other place that a lot of people really fall down and have trouble that suddenly they've got a bar mitzvah to pay for or, or a bris to pay for. They have to replace their car. Um, 
they have to buy a new fridge or do repairs on their car, whatever it is that comes along, um, often people are not prepared for that because their budget might be balanced on a monthly basis, but they haven't been putting aside that extra money. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really important within a monthly budget to be able to take those things into account as well, to sit down a couple together or a person individually and, and just to write down some life goals. What are the things that I want to achieve within the five, next five to 10 years? What are the um, expenses that I'm going to incur in the next five to 10 years? It's often not that hard to, to be able to, to make a list like that. And then to make sure that within the budget, there's 200 shekels going aside for this, 500 shekels going aside for that, to set up. Often the best way to do it is a pakam, in other words, a, a little savings account within your bank account where the money is actually physically going there for that purpose. And in that way, you won't have these large unexpected costs that are coming, coming periodically and, the, and you're able to actually be ready for them and avoid debt. Because if we return to kind of the two things that we started with, stay out of debt, and that comes from some planning and invest early and often to try to make sure that you automate, as you said, deposits into investment accounts for the longer term when we're talking about seven, 10 years plus. You work with people also in terms of uh, educating them to invest. Can you talk a little bit about that? About that? Yeah, sure. So um, I do sessions with, um, with clients, usually it's around four sessions, where I give them the tools they need to be able to run a basic, what's called passive investment portfolio by themselves. So when you think about investing, there are really two ways to go about it. You can go to um, an investment manager who will manage money for you. And that works for a lot of people when they have the right amount, there are often minimums, when they either don't want to or they don't have the head to be able to manage the money themselves or when they're in the more complex situations or approaching retirement sometimes those are um kind of the the, um, the relevant situations having someone else man manage your money but it's not always necessary um you can also manage your money um, yourselves and in order to do that you have to be able to put together a few pieces of the puzzle you have to understand where to put it so i go through with clients how to set up a brokerage account whether that is a brokerage account in israel with one of the israeli brokers or an international one, like interactive brokers, you have to understand um, what you're going to do with that money. So what you're going to buy. And, and it's a complex topic, but being able to get some understanding of portfolio allocation, um, how to choose one or two index funds or ETFs that will be well representative, well diversified, and will be able to serve you for the long term. Um, and if you're a US citizen to choose US domiciled funds, if you're not a US citizen to choose Irish domiciled funds, so to know what to choose. Um, and then how to automate the transfer, as you were saying, into that account. And a little bit about how to manage it long-term. So what happens when the market crashes? How do you react? Do you need to do any kind of any kind of rebalancing? Could you be timing the market? So some of those basic things around how to, how to oversee it. But at the end of the day, that's for somebody who wants to manage it themselves. I'm not advising people as to what kind of funds to pick, where specifically to put the money, um, but when they want that education and then to be able to complete that research and to manage it themselves over time, that's something that's a piece that a lot of people have missing. And, and for those people that wanna go down that track, they can save a huge amount of money when you compare it to the mutual funds of the Kupatkin Alashka'a funds, which are great when you wanna start, but the fees there are going to, I'm, I'm writing an article now about it, the fees there will cost half a million, sometimes towards a million shekel, 
over the life of, of a fund when you compare to setting up a brokerage account, which will invest in very similar kinds of things. Wow. wow. Now, Dad, this has been fascinating. Um, how do people get in touch with you if they want to contact you and, and maybe inquire about your services or whatever? My well, best way is to go to my website, moneybuy.design, without a com. The design is the end part. Moneybuy.design. They can also find me. A lot of my online activity is on Facebook and Instagram, where I post a lot of visual guides um, on a lot of the financial areas that we spoke about today. Um, and from my website, you can book a free 30-minute consultation with me where we'll discuss what you're looking for and, uh, and then set something up in terms of sessions together, if, if that's of interest. Um, and uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's, uh, it's really been fascinating and it's been fantastic to, to connect and, and to, to work with you. That's great. You have been tuning in to The Aaron Katzman Show, where we speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. Once again, be sure to like this video and all others and subscribe to the channel. Thanks so much for tuning in. Nadav, thanks so much for coming on. And we will speak to you soon. All the best. Bye.